Welcome back to the Talk Tonight podcast. I'm delighted to introduce today's guest. It's Black Honey. How are you guys? Woo! <laughs> I'm good. How are you guys? You well? I'm yeah, very, thank you. very good. Um, so we've got Izzy and Alex. Tommy may be jumping in at some point. We're not sure yet. Harry's with us also. I suppose just to, just to kick it off, uh, I think you can learn a lot about a person by what biscuits they like. So for you guys, what's your favourite biscuit? Go on, Izzy, you take the you take the lead on that. You're gonna Okay, so guys, I am very much like do you know those Belgian ones that are like a layer of hard, just like solid chocolate? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If they're underneath and they're like half and half and when you dunk them it's like melts the chocolate. Mm. I'm here for that shit. And then like <laughs> anything that's like a penguin or just like anything that's like doused in chocolate. Like my mum got me like the chocolate biscuit milk tray thing. Like mm. the milk tray version of the chocolate biscuits from Tesco's for Christmas. And it's like heaven. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great, that is a great choice. You're uh, you're pretty on the money there is. What are you going to say? Fucking digestive. No, nothing shit. Do you know what? <laughs> I don't know if we can name brands, so I won't say it, but it rhymes with Brett and Bretta manager. And they do an amazing chocolate cookie. Like, it's like... What that? Like, what, what rhymes with Bretta manager? Uh, I know what you uh, mean. You know what? Yeah, yeah, it is, it's you. Yeah, I'm trying to think, <laughs> I can't think of anything. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bretta manager. Andre? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. 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 But they do a banging chocolate chip cookie, right? And it's cooked so that the outside has got, like, this lovely, crunchy breakaway bit and then you go in and you've got this gooey like amazing you know as Izzy mentioned melt in the mouth texture that's, I love that's it when awesome. you don't like know what's in there you know what I mean like it's like a surprise yeah yes. although just... I've been doing reviews of like all of the cookies around East London since being in London for this lockdown and oh my god the chocolate cookie game is unbelievable <laughs> what's that what's that <laughs> that we had the other day that was like you know when you get a flapjack and it's kind of like oaty Mm. Mm. the texture of flapjack but as a cookie but with melted chocolate wow insane scenes like do you know what i I was listening to uh blossoms do a a podcast on on spotify and they were chatting about they were talking about these stats and figures right and apparently you eat over in an average lifetime you eat over thirty five thousand cookies I reckon I'd probably surpass that already. Right, so, I mean, I'm, first of all, at this point you said digestives are boring because nothing wrong with a digestive. Well, if you're talking rich tea, like a rich tea plain one, shit, but like, you know, run-of-the-mill, down-the-middle digestive, yeah, can't go wrong. No one's going to get, you're not, you're not going to get those out at a party. Well, maybe not a party, but, you know, somewhere. You're not going right. to bang those out. Someone's going to go, what the fuck are those? You're going to be <laughs> Yeah, definitely. You're going to get approval, aren't you? Yeah. Are you tea or coffee people, or just pure alcohol? Whatever, whatever's going. I'll have a toffee. I like tea, I like tea half and half. Like I couldn't like if someone was earlier was like if you could, you had to choose one of them I'd probably choose tea just because like I like can't live without tea. But coffee is like a, a weird like druggy fuel for me that <laughs> I feel like I'm so addicted to it by this point that like. 
if I don't have a coffee by a certain time, I get migraines. Mm -hmm. Wants to be around me when I'm like that. Oh, I know a few people like that. We have someone at work who literally lives and thrives off coffee, and I think a blend of cocaine to keep him through the day. But <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But there's no way you're just that up all the time from coffee. I won't name names, but <laughs> I'm gonna go tea. I think as well is. I think that's a great shout. Coffee's like one of those ones. I was thinking about it like when I was younger and stuff. I could. I was having like four cups of coffee a day. Right as rain, all good. If I have that now, I'm up for a week. Can't do it. <laughs> Bouncing everywhere. After a certain amount of coffees, but with tea, it's like I remember being like eight and my mum giving me like caffeinated tea. Like my mum literally used to get I used to have a special cup with a little tea <laughs> on it. And my mum would give us cups of tea when we were eight. Banging. Bloody hell. <laughs> I've just started working on a, a mate's year, right? And, and, and I'm with these builders. And, you know, I thought my tea intake was good. I was having, you know, two a day, I was, I was averaging. It's prescription there, one an hour, without mm. fail. You're on it. That's how it should be. Work, tea, tea break. And it's, you know, I'm there for it. That's the only thing I've noticed working from home is like you have to do the tea rounds yourself. So I feel like you're less inclined to do it. You know, whereas if someone's going, no, do you fancy tea? Yeah, go on then. Yeah, yeah you need a flask, not? mate. You need a big flask. <laughs> Just dabble in it every few hours, right? So, <laughs> sorry, Izzy, carry on. Day, sorry to interrupt. Cooking for three meals a day. Yeah. Three meals a day is a Long. lot of thought process. Like, I started lockdown and I was like, I'm having roasts every day. Yeah. By now, I, literally, my lunch today was like mushrooms on toast. Like, nice. <laughs> I literally am like, I, c I cannot be fucked to even think about another meal. Another meal. Like, how many times have we just got a croissant from Pret and been like, cool, jump down, off, off we go? Mm. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I'm so bored of food at this point. Because yeah. I do, I mean, we were talking uh, the other day on the podcast, like, the only thing we look forward to is the big trip to Tesco's every week. Yeah. That's literally all there is. Have um, either of you had COVID yet? I, I, I'll take the rain. Oh, well, I had it out of the ban. And uh, obviously had to do the isolation and everything, but didn't have any bad symptoms. The only thing that I got was no taste or smell. And, you know, we're saying about, oh, God, cooking three meals a day. When I, when I had it, it was it was even worse because you, you'd had nothing to look forward to. You couldn't even get up and have that tea or coffee. You can go and make yourself a roast or, or mushrooms on toast because you'd have it and you'd just be like, I can't taste anything. It, it really uh, it threw me that. And I think a lot of people have, have had similar similar experiences. Yeah, I was. I had a bit of a cough back in January, and then ever since then, no symptoms, nothing, no positive tests. I've been quite fortunate because I know some people. Obviously, I've been. I mean, for example, my manager, well, former manager, has had to retire from work. They've been that ill from COVID because um, it, it, um, the lack of oxygen led to them having a heart attack. Oh my God, mate! Sorry to hear that. Well, yeah. I mean, you want the best manager, so swings and roundabouts you know what i mean yeah <laughs> I, I mean how have you found um lockdown for yourself oh it's it's just been one of those ones oh look at the dogs oh, oh. beautiful oh <laughs> so you to a, a dog conversation now for like the next 40 minutes and that oh it's cute it's i just beautiful. that dog is unreal in person as well little what's, shit but amazing what's what's, what's his name Zero. What a name. I beautiful like that. dog, that. Yeah, it's beautiful. 
chilled as well yeah. at the moment. But what... the, the, what, the COVID stuff and lockdowns, it's been, um, I think it's safe to say it's been tricky for everyone. The first lockdown was one of those ones where everyone thought it was just going to be like a holiday and they, you could get at home boozing all the time, you know, like you said, cooking, which was great. But then, you know, we came out of it, had another little one in November, was it? And then I think this one's been the most testing because it's mm. been like, right, there's nothing new here. Nothing's really moving at the minute. Um, and it was just trying to keep that kind of, almost try and keep a positive mental outlook of, you know, this is going to end at some point. Yeah. And really try and, and stay on it. I mean, just trying to keep on top of things, practicing, you know, Izzy's been fortunate enough to do a few like sessions over Zoom and chatting with people, which I think has been a, a nice outlet in a way to kind of have some sort of normality. You know, we've done the Zoom quizzes as, as everyone has, which have been good. But yeah, it's difficult. I think it's difficult. After the announcement the other day, um, I think it's looking like there's light at the end of the tunnel. But again, it's a bit of a long way. I was happy watching that. I was sceptical to begin with. But then how, after hearing it and seeing it, I think everyone felt a bit more of a renewed sense of yeah. this is this is going to end at some point, which is going to, you know, lift lift the lift the moods of people yeah, is what about, what about you is yeah just same vibes really like this has been like the weirdest year to put out a record and to be in a band or to live so i think like i feel like on one hand quite lucky on the other hand it's been like we've had some of the like weirdest like two weeks of our lives like the last two weeks we've had some weird fucking news and it's been hard like things yeah. that we can't really talk about yet but i'm sure you'll find out about eventually but um it's just challenging it's challenging when you're you're not in rehearsals and you're not leaving the house like, yeah the reason why like they put people into solitary confinement as a punishment right mm. and i think my dog's been keeping me sane and i've managed to do a few bits and pieces here and there but i definitely feel like i haven't done as much as i wanted to or like hoped i could yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, obviously, with the lockdown came your sort of rebrand as a band. Obviously, the Instagram changed. I suppose the theme of the songs with the new albums changed. Do you think that was down to lockdown and sort of like it's how you've sort of kept sane by, you know, rebooting the band, I suppose? Yeah, I think like social media, we definitely had time to kick it all up a gear. Um, I mean, that said, it's like, it's just crazy now how many things we're trying to operate. Like, we launched Twitch the other day. Like, we're doing Discord now, too. We've got, like, a Japanese Facebook, Chinese Facebook, I can't remember. And um, it's been quite, like, intense to do all of those things. And, like, wait one second, my dog's trying to eat my plate. <laughs> no um, problem. It has been, um, it's been a weird one. You saying, was it, you know, the social media and stuff, was that down to lockdown i think we had that sort of in the bag before we started before the lockdown came in like we, we knew we wanted to ramp it up we knew we wanted to ch change in the, in the and and the the image that was being portrayed to, to change sort of narrative and uh that was going to happen um and then lockdown hit and everything sort of changed in terms of what we could all do or be with each other and that sort of thing so we then had to angle it slightly differently um but is it right challenging is is definitely right it's been a it's been a, it's been a weird one but you uh i think it's one of those ones you sink or swim so just trying to keep keep at it 
Yeah, and also like there was a video of you burning your last album, which gained like a bit of momentum. Is that like because I, I, obviously we've listened to a new album? Mm. I was thinking it's definitely like a, a new direction for the band, but there is still something there for the fans that are already with you. I mean, for me, example, I saw you live. I think three times now back in like 2017, 2018, mm. I felt like this album offers still something for me who's been there for a while, but then sort of trying to venture into a new fan base. It's, um, it's going places. It's getting heavier. It's getting darker. It's got more meaning. I think um, it's just one of those ones. Izzy's really good at going into this, the whole like, because I wasn't there for the first first record, but the whole creative process going from that first record to then this record, I think was um, super healthy for all of the guys in the band. And to join during that process was a really nice thing to witness from the yeah. guys. And as you say, there's a there's still stuff there for, for um, people who've been around for a while. Um, but it was more about um, creating a creating something that we were so happy with that elevated on the first record. Um, yeah. And I think we're all in the band, especially really, really felt like that was achieved uh, is what you, you've got good views on this. And my signal's really jank. So I just had to like run to the like, <laughs> nearer to the box. Cause everyone was turning into robots. <laughs> all right, okay. you, you can hear me. All right. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Good now. Um, yeah. I like, I think you smashed that dude. Like, I think it just feels like, um, it feels like a step up, but it also feels like Black Honey in its like most raw sense of the idea of like this kind of retro rock and roll band, but also like feminist and cinematic and like having this kind of cult movie thing about it that just feels like us. Mm. Um, and I just feel glad that it's something that we're still proud of like a year down the line, because I think there's a lot of times like I artistically when you make something it's just like you get bored of it quickly or you don't like it anymore and oh you know I've been shooting the back of the bar video this week and um I still like that song and it's mm. been on repeat for like three days you know I actually uh, made a little note I uh, put back of the bar will be a fan favorite yeah really that's so yeah. cool to hear like definitely just the the whole way it portrays as a song and like the energy around it i can just feel like a big a big crowd behind that song will be massive and uh, also is you just mentioned like about the movie and harry you were saying the album's got a bit of a tarantino vibe yeah, about it. yeah i got that from like the album cover and the the album name and stuff like that so like, oh, that's really cool that they've gone down that route etc i thought yeah i like that <laughs> was, it, was he like an inspiration behind it all or was... oh, like I like the way he dies a quote from Django Unchained and it was fun to like put that into perspective of a of a, a female protagonist saying it just you know what's the weirdest thing that you could sort of say in a in a relationship in a sort of dangerous powerful sense I like mm. the way you die boy just like <laughs> ridiculous but like it mm. was like fun to do you know mm. yeah yeah I like the way Tarantino portrays uh, women. They're like complex and they're like baddies and there's like a lot to them. And I think embodying like that kind of concept with the perspective that we approach to songs is sort of, it's like a bit of a blueprint for how we do it. Yeah. yeah. 
it fell into place really nicely, didn't it? It felt like as the record, because, you know, you have this huge pool of tracks that you're choosing from and you're thinking, this is great, this will make it, this won't make it. And then some come out of the woodwork and you think, wow, you know what, that really does sit well with that one. You know, you listen to Beaches and then you listen to I Like The Way You Die and you've got this, like, this uh, this complex opposites if you like um but then the feel of the album as a whole really gels together and then the tarantino vibe you know this whole re- like it says the retro movie vibe sort of is the skeleton of the record and you can feel it as it goes through and then deciding on the name of the record we just you know i, I can't remember who said it is might know it was like if you can't outsmart them outdone them and then it was just like why don't we just call it like written and directed by Black Honey, yeah. and it and it and it worked, and it was like, yep, that's it. Next, the, I, think, <laughs> I think with me, like it, like it sticks, doesn't it? It's just a short bang that's there, and yeah, I think that's quite cool. Yeah. Really, like, I was so convinced that, like, for ages, I was like, surely someone's called their album written and directed, and I was like, no one's like stupid enough. Like, it has to be us. <laughs> yeah, because um. I mean, a lot of bands nowadays put a lot of focus on singles, and I know you've done your um, your, like, your Zoom listening parties, haven't you? Like, like early previews and stuff. But like, a lot of thoughts gone into this album, whereas like a lot of bands nowadays just go for singles and then album filler. So, like, have you tried to put together sort of like a collection of singles for this? No, like we like suck so hard at choosing singles. I think it's been like a real thread that like a lot of people are like there's never like one standalone song that we do mm. or if we try and make a song a standalone song we'll often just be like wrong about yeah. so i think like the thing that's been cool about this record is like we weren't expecting it but i like the way you die is kind of turning out to be like the the biggest kind of moment on the record and we we thought it was cool like we put it as track one on the album but um it's the playlisting that's changed the game for us and it's mm. the it's the look and it's the the video and it's like a lot of different things that i think have made that song like a a, a bigger song or whatever um yeah it's funny you saying about the back of the bar as well tommy if he was here would love would love you for that because like is says there's this pattern of like you don't ever know what's going to go or what's going to be good. And you can, like I said, I like the way we died. We knew it was cool, but then it's like, is this the one? Is Could it be? Could it not be? And then you, you listen to the others and you listen to it as a whole and you can't put your finger on it. And then you go, you, you think, okay, let's go with this one. And then that does its thing. And then the other one that you think, oh, well, we'll just use that as the second, third, whatever. And then suddenly that takes off. Like, I like the way you die. What was that? The, the third single? Fourth? Third or fourth? And it was it's now like over, it's surpassed all the other tracks for streams by like touching on nearly double on beaches sort of thing. So it's, um, it's a weird one. How, how do you um, measure sort of success as a band? Because obviously you've been around a while you've, cause I know for you, you're very much a touring band. So you love playing live and obviously you've not been able to do that. So with this album, how will you measure its success? It, will it just be streams or digital copies or will it be when you finally get back out and you see that emotion coming back from the crowd? The most gratifying thing is when someone sort of sings to you and then maybe says like that that song helped them with something difficult. Like that's always the most rewarding. But like we would be 
so dumb to ignore the fact that we had a big streaming breakthrough on like an entry level. Like, you know, we're not even we're not even big streamers. You know, what I mean, like bands don't stream particularly well, but for us, like this has been above and beyond our expectation, and we've we outsold album one in physical format in seventy two hours or something like we would be like stupid to not appreciate that like we're an indie band like we're like unsigned do you know what i mean like all like we paid for our record ourselves and like that is so huge to have like this weirdly kind of culty community of people that are just so fucking dedicated and i'm like why why should people care right now we're not playing shows and like for me that's that's our art form. Like our primary art form is is the stage, and I, I like it that way. And we're working super hard on some stuff behind the scenes at the moment to try and meet that. But to have a rewarding system that is like numbers, which is fucking lame, but it does feel good. Like I would be lying if I didn't say that we're stoked with it right now. Yeah, I think you nailed that. Is I think you're right. I think. Oh, yeah. Sorry, carry not, on, Alex. Not having the live shows is a is a weird one because you like is just mentioned. You look for like this gratification or in other places, and the streaming to have it come through slightly has been one of those things where it's like, yeah, that it's really humbling that people are actually still into it, and we're not even on the road, and people were connecting with it, and you know, it could be doing something for someone that we won't ever know about until we go and do this live show again, which comes full circle with lockdown and everything coming out of that. When we do hit the road, I think it's just going to be that, that next level of, in terms of the record being great and then everyone wanting to go to live shows, the whole, the whole vibe of gigging, seeing the streams do well. You mentioned it earlier. I think um, Dan, it's like, it's, it's not one out of many. It's, it's the, the whole and having, being able to step back and look at it and be like, yeah, that's that's doing what we wanted. Yeah, because they, for you, the crowds at your gigs are normally like very loyal and very energetic. So I suppose getting back out there will be will be mega for you guys. There is something I would like to talk about. And uh, Izzy, you sort of mentioned it earlier about like the feminism and powerful women. And as a female vocalist and the lead woman of the band, do you think you've faced any difficulties in terms of like booking festivals or like getting record deals or just anything? Because obviously we always hear about women in the music industry and how they're put down and how it is difficult. Obviously the lead singer Wolf Alice talking about the sexual allegations with Ozzy Osbourne and was it Ozzy Osbourne? No, it wasn't, was it? Manson, wasn't it? Manson, yeah, yeah. Marilyn Manson, sorry. And obviously, like, as a woman, do you think you've faced any difficulties? I've, like, had dodgy shit, obviously. Like, there's been all kinds of, like, just ridiculous bullshit that you endure and also endure as a woman in a day-to-day society that is patriarchal. Like, I think that's also worth acknowledging. Like, the thing that's so funny is when you hear stories, like, I remember some guy saying that he wouldn't sign us because Wolf Alice were going to fail. I was just like, this is funny. And now they're one of the biggest bands in the UK at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fuck those cunts. Like, I mean, I I, I feel like a steamroller. I feel like 
at this point, if anything was going to hold me back, it would have done by now. So there's like, I always feel so vulnerable as a woman, but at the same time, like there's a strength to me that is like Titanic and that like no one can penetrate. And there's in, in knowing that it's kind of, I don't know, there's something exciting. Do you think you, um, like women look up to you in the industry? Hopefully. I mean, I look up to so many women um, at all kinds of levels for so many different reasons. Like, this is such a hugely educational process, this life for everyone, isn't it? Like, I did not get into this being like, I'm going to be a feminist-inspiring funk woman. <laughs> I literally was like, oh, that's a guitar's cool. Like, let me give that a go. Like, not even thinking on that level. And... To go from that to where we are now is awesome. Like, if I can change someone's life, then fucking A. And I believe that, like, mm. people who have massive following should do stuff, like, and should try and try and inspire people and try and do, like, try and not do stupid shit. I mean, I'm going to fuck up. Like, I know I'm going to fuck up. And, like, I do stupid shit all the time. But at least I can can try and inspire people or women or marginalised people to, to pick up a guitar or to, like boss that interview or to just give them a bit of ferocity in a, in a place that's basically told them that they're not valid fantastic yeah. words fantastic yeah. Joy, joining in as well and and joining it and seeing it from behind the scenes coming in it's like is is a badass bitch you know and if we can get it going and then you know we've only done a handful of shows but just seeing the connection that especially younger uh, age people in the audience the way that people, especially females, look up to is, is something really rewarding, knowing that there's a appreciation there. And is is totally, is doing it just naturally. There's no, like Izzy said, oh, I'm going to go out and change the fucking world with it. It's just, <laughs> is being is, and people really looking up to it. And it's, it's nice to see. I think it's needed more. Definitely. So what advice would you have for young upcoming artists um first and foremost trust yourself like you know if something's good or if something's really good and if you think that something's good and no one cares about it then you know that it needs to be better and that's down to you and like you are your biggest critic to try and meet um at the same time do not accept unsolicited advice from people that you don't trust mm. like, make sure you keep those trusted people close and don't take people's shit and keep going yeah, hard work, put the hours Just, in, 10,000 hours. Yeah, that's, I believe in that entirely. Keep going. If you, if you stop, they won't. Just keep keep going. Even if it's shit, you know, you, you, you do it. If you've got to suck at something to, re -get, to get really good at it. So if that's what it takes, you, you, you put the time in. Fantastic. Well, I think we've got our title, uh, Inspirational Quirks right. with Black Honey. Shall I invoice you after for the, uh, the, the therapy? Yeah, of course. <laughs> this, this whole like episode is just like full of like inspirational quotes that could be on like museum walls or something. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Have you got any final questions, Harry? Um, you know, I saw you play with Raw Blood. Um, they lasted an arena tour. How was that? Like, um... unbelievable. It's like it's like the shit you watch in documentaries. Like, you know, they always film that scene, and like all documentaries have it when they're like the stage and the pre-stage, and then the walking to the stage, and mm. then it's, <laughs> the lights go down and the crowd screams, and like 
you have all of that shit, but you just literally live it every single day. It's normal to the point where like, to the point where it's, it's so normal that you kind of like forget what real life is. Mm. The other side of touring, which is a whole other myriad of confusing, depressing times <laughs> to be had, but like just that it's a, it is like a, the rock and roll fairy tale. And like every, every good memory that we've had on tour and every friendship that we like leads somehow back to Mike and Ben (laughs) (laughs) every good story and like the stories that Mike and Ben will tell you are just like they're the best storytellers on a night out they're the people that you want to sit in the back (laughs) of the pub with and listen to because they've always got something to say fantastic so I remember on that tour sorry I remember on that tour there was a Brighton date wasn't there and you're both from Brighton aren't you so what was it like doing like a like a hometown gig oh my god the worst like it was so grim like all of our friends were expecting guest lists so there was like Mm. the biggest guest list everyone turned up late um there was like no room backstage because everyone was just like filling up all of the rooms (laughs) and then like i think like half of the audience like had seen us play like hundreds of times so no one (laughs) gave a shit (laughs) um that's always hometown shows are always a bit like that london is definitely like that too and it's like a pressure of your friends like seeing you play i don't know it makes me more nervous what's been your favorite city to play in like with royal blood or just in general just as a black on um anywhere in the netherlands is like insane like we've toured so extensively there that it's like almost as much as england um and obviously like touring korea and japan was unbelievable Mm. another world but then sometimes it's just like the weird places like having a one-off show in in romania last year was just insane like we stayed in the hilton and there was like um all of the bands were just like getting drunk in the hotel bar (laughs) casino afterwards you know stuff like that I, i find it really funny when everyone's just like i don't know in a really weird setting somewhere strange or living in a weird house up a hill um, or uh, fate or something. I don't know. All of the weirder ones I I find, I find fun. Amazing. And what plans are going to be in place for this year? Because hopefully this summer gigs, festivals, have you got any plans that you could share with us or is it all a bit confidential at the moment? Uh, so what we can tell you is that Boris has said 21st of June and we've actually got a live show booked with Banquet Kingston mm. on the 24th. There is like a very small handful of tickets available because it's after technically lockdown. We're going to try and make it so that it's um, ticketed to more people and open it up a bit more because at the moment it's seated and it's all mm. like now style COVID. Or yeah. like Oh, right. like sharing tables you buy the table and then you have to sit with another couple and it's no more yeah. to, sit the table. Uh, it's like right. to release uh release some more tickets for that we're hoping um, yeah we had some calls yesterday that looked super promising with our agent but we cannot reveal like anything on that note yet but stuff's in the works there's stuff being worked on and i think a lot you'll find a lot of bands are probably in similar positions where there's a lot of talks going on behind the scenes to uh, to try and make something happen. So, as I said, the best we can say is um, keep your eyes peeled for it. All sounds very exciting. 
Exciting stuff. So I suppose there's one last question. I think the viewers would be furious if I didn't ask this, but obviously <laughs> you have decided to rebrand yourself. You have changed it up. You burnt the first album, but will Corrine still be on the set list? <laughs> well, oh my God. Like That song is like burning into my skull. Sorry, carry Sorry, on. I was going to say it's probably safe to say that that is going to be right in the mix forever <laughs> still going to be like a hundred playing that song <laughs> yeah it's like leon when they're like they like hate playing sex on fire and they're all just like on autopilot just like playing like half asleep doing it we'll get there give it give it time we'll all be at that point where it's just like this is the tune everyone's brains are switched off but it's still gonna go off brilliant well, I'm sure it will, and I wish you guys the best with your release of the album, written and directed out, is it 19th of March? March, baby. Brilliant stuff, and yeah, once again, thank you for coming on, it's been an absolute pleasure. Dan, thanks, guys. Cheers, and cheers, Harry, also. Nice one. It's Talk Tonight, the podcast of the